is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Special welcome to all of you in Cambridge, Leicester and in Peterborough. My real privilege to do part two of this series on Psalm 23. I absolutely love this psalm. Hopefully on your way and on your seat, you'll have seen one of these little postcards we just want to give you. Um, you can put it somewhere uh, where you spend most time, the computer, the loo, the fridge, where, wherever you can see it and allow the Word of God to come into your life. You may also want it electronically. You can go to Kingsgate Facebook or Twitter and get a screensaver as well there. This Psalm 23, the Lord's really been ministering to me personally. And my prayer is that he will uh, speak to every single one of us today. Uh, I, a few weeks ago, had the sudden news of the loss of one of my family. It came completely out of the blue got an email in from my dad. And for those of you who've gone through that kind of thing, there was an immediate sense of shock and, and grief, not just for myself, but also very much feeding for the rest of my family. And about three days later, after hearing the news, I was on a planned prayer retreat. Uh, and God had already been speaking to me from Psalm 23 and from Luke 15, the parable of the, the lost sheep. And I was out on a prayer walk on this prayer retreat, and I came to a particular field, and there before me was a field filled with sheep and lambs sort of frolicking around. And as clear as anything in my spirit, I heard the Lord whisper, Dave, you're my sheep. And in that moment of just hearing the still small voice of God, all the richness of what it means for God to be my shepherd and for him to for me to be his sheep began that process of restoration. Do you know there's something about hearing the voice of God that can completely change you wherever you are in any season of life. And I don't know you, I love this psalm. You see, there's something about knowing that God is our shepherd means that we don't have to be in complete control of our lives. We've got a shepherd who knows best. And as we saw last week, we've got this amazing truth. David says in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. Can we say this together? I shall not want. In other words, we have not just any shepherd looking after us, but we have the Lord. Who is the Lord? He's Yahweh. He's the Almighty. He's God who is in charge of our lives and is wanting to care for us and provide for us 
in every season of life. So whether you're going for a tough time, whether life is amazing, whether somewhere in between or a mixture of both, I've got good news for you. There's a shepherd God who wants to care for you and provide for you. That was the headline last week. And then the rest of the psalm from verse 2 through to the, through to the end It's like David unpacks what it looks like for the Lord to provide. And today I've got the privilege of looking at verse 2 and the first part of verse 3. Why don't we read these wonderful verses together on a count of three, wherever it gathered. Let's read this together. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my Soul. Today I want to look at three things. I want to look at how the Lord wants to come and bring us refreshing, restoration, and renewal. How many of you right now could do with some refreshing, some restoration, and some renewal? Well, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how God, our loving shepherd, wants to come and restore us, refresh us, and renew us in every area of our lives. That the, the use of the word soul there isn't just about our sort of mind, will, and emotions. Actually, in the Hebrew mindset, it meant every area of life. In other words, God wants to come to you, and he wants to restore you, refresh you, and renew you in every part of your life. And I want to look at that in three areas, in our physical lives, in our emotions, and in our spiritual lives. You know that we're integrated beings, don't you? That, how do you know that if you're tired in, physically, it can affect you emotionally? Or is it just me? Or if you've got something going on emotionally, it can drain you physically, yeah? Or if you're feeling good spiritually, it can affect you emotionally. So health or unhealth in one of those areas affects all of the above. So what we're going to look at, we're going to look at how the Lord wants to come into all areas of our life. Let me start by saying this. The Lord is a shepherd and he wants to come. He refreshes me physically. He refreshes me physically. You see, David, um, before he became king, was a shepherd. And as a good shepherd, he knew that sheep couldn't just keep on going forever and ever. Sheep needed to stop. They need to rest. They need to have time to feed and to drink if they were to stay healthy. And David knew that he, as if you like a human sheep, with God as the Lord as his shepherd, he knew that God in the same way wanted to help him stay healthy and refreshed physically. Hence the language here. I love this. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Picture the scene there, green pastures. And there's this sense here that in Israel, uh, the, the green pastures wouldn't have been there all year round. It was, it's a dry climate, and you would tend to only get really green pastures three months of the year. But guess what? We're not restricted by climate or season, and the Lord certainly isn't. He's a God who can provide for us rest and refreshing green pastures 24-7 for the rest of our life. Can we give him a, a, a praise right now? He's a good God. He wants to refresh us. He makes me lie down in green pastures and the sheep needed to feed and rest. But secondly, they needed to drink. Hence, we have the language here. He leads me beside still waters. Now, why still waters? Well, 
Very often we think of sheep as a bit dumb. But sheep aren't that dumb. They know that if they are to try it, they need to drink. They don't want to go into a fast-flowing river. They've got all their wool. They can be quite heavy. If they try and drink in a fast-flowing river, the likelihood is they'll get swept away and drown. And David's saying, just like the shepherd knows, that if the sheep are going to drink in safety and be refreshed, they need water to be refreshed, the shepherd will knows that their need, and he will take them to still waters, a place where they can safely drink. And in the same way, we've got a God who knows exactly how we need to rest and be refreshed physically. I don't know about you, what you're like uh, when it comes to physical rest. Are you a naturally kind of chilled out type? I mean, some people are so chilled out, they're almost horizontal. Are you like that? Do you know anyone like that? I'm just not like that. I've never been like that. Even as a little boy, I was pretty full on. I was always active, always talking, always wanted to go on to the next game or the next thing. Um, But my mum, in her wisdom, decided that, and I think I must have been about three or four at the time, that I needed to start taking an afternoon nap. I mean, it must have been from, from, from the devil. I mean, it was... For me as a young activist, the idea of having to lie down on the sofa for an hour and take a nap, I wasn't tired, I didn't want it, I don't like it. (laughs) And so I sat there in the torture and the boredom of just trying to rest. But as I look back, I actually think that my mum probably knew best. Or more to the point, she probably really needed a good rest. (laughs) And so I think the rest was as much for her as it was for me. Any parents relate to that? You need a rest. In other words, I need a rest. Rest now. But the good news is that we have a God who never gets tired. He never gets weary. He doesn't need a rest. But guess what? You do. Have you noticed that? You know, we we kid ourselves if we can think that we can keep going on and on and on and on. And I think we need to be particularly aware of that in the culture we live. You see, David, coming from a... First, uh, uh, from an Old Testament agricultural kind of background, knew more about something of the rhythms of rest. But we live in a culture, don't we? Most of us don't live out in the countryside, and all of us live in a 21st century culture with all that's helpful and all the gadgets and the aids and the material provision we have that's just full of hurry. I mean, everything's quick, isn't it? How many like the fact that you don't even need to go to the shops now, just one click, Amazon, it's done? Everything's quick, everything's fast. There's a good side to that, but there's a, it produces a fretfulness. And, a, and I don't believe that God designed us to always live hurried. And I find myself sometimes, you, you see that in some people, they're always in a hurry. Um, I, I was talking to somebody who was just helping me with my spiritual walk. And he said, you need to learn to slow down. He said, I bet even when you walk, you walk fast. And I got, you got me down to a T. And God, I believe, would say to us through this ancient psalm, but now, as relevant today as it was when David wrote it, you need to rest. My mum would say, Dave, you need to lie down and rest. I've learned now in my 50s that actually I've got a, a shepherd God who knows that I'm human He knows that I'm sheep-like and I can get weary. He doesn't just 
He's not just concerned in my spiritual life. He's concerned with my physical well-being. He's given me a physical body. Aren't you glad that you have a physical body and we live in a physical world? And we need to, if you like, respect the rhythms of rest that God's provided for us. So I've learned as I look at the scriptures and I also just become aware of God's leading, that there are rhythms that he's put into creation. There's rhythms he's even put into yours and my makeup as human beings. There's like a daily rest and refreshing that I believe we need to cultivate. You know, don't try and cram your day. Give yourself a little bit of margin in your day. How many of you know the benefit of good sleep? There's a rhythm of daytime and night. And, you know, for me personally right now, I'm sleep's being, being a bit challenging, but I know the benefits of getting rest and getting sleep. And then there's weekly rhythms in creation. There's weekly rhythm that God actually teaches about in his word. It's called the Sabbath. You know in creation, God worked for how many days? I didn't hear you. He worked for six days, and on the seven he did what? He rested. And out of that creation, God didn't rest because he was tired. God rested because he built into creation, and he built into the way that we're wired, the ability to work, and, and achieve a lot and cultivate and create. And then they need to stop. The word Sabbath means to cease. Things need to come to an end. There's something about taking a 24-hour period once a week and saying, God, I'm not in charge, you are. All that I could, could be doing in that day, you're not sleeping, you're not slumbering. It'll all be there when I come back and you're in charge. There's something fantastic releasing about saying, I rest. I rest. I know for Karen and I, over 30 years of ministry, something about being pretty disciplined and diligent about just taking this day. What's the day for? I kind of like to think of it as a day to rest, it's a day to play, and it's a day to pray. Something about coming to the Lord, something about worship, something about extra time in his presence, something about resting and just allowing the body and the whole, my whole being to recharge, but also something about play. How many of you like play? Nobody? <laughs> and then there's annual rhythms. There's the whole sense of how if you look at the Jewish calendar, they had times in their calendar for feasts and festivals, and part of that was times to remember the Lord and come and worship him and celebrate all that he had done. But I believe even in that deliberate ceasing and that deliberate celebrating, there's something that God is saying to us, that even in our year, we need to step back and we need to follow his leading. There are times for rest. There's times for refreshment built into the year. How are you doing on daily, weekly, annual rest? I know for me, over the years, the Lord has been teaching me and I'm better at listening to the Lord than I was my mum when he says, I want you to lie down. I want you to stop. I want you to be physically refreshed. That's the first thing. He refreshes me physically. But how do you know that you can be rested physically, but you're still not fully refreshed? Yeah? Maybe you've, been on a, you've had a day off or you've been on holiday and you come back not refreshed. Anyone ever been there? You've been off, but actually, while you're physically resting, your mind is still going. There's something going on in your emotions. Maybe there's some 
thing you're battling with and you're conscious and you're, you're aware that I'm not really resting here. I, my body's not doing as much. I'm no longer working, but I'm not entering into God's rest. Hence, I believe there's a, definitely a deeper dimension in this psalm that G, when David says, he makes me lie down by, uh, in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters, he's saying something else. He says, not only do, do I know a God who refreshes me physically, but he restores me emotionally. Can we say that? He restores me emotionally. Notice there he says, he restores my soul. See, you're not just a physical being. You are a complex person with emotions. And I believe God is interested in us being restored and healthy emotionally. Can I have an amen, please? He wants us to be well. Throughout the, you know, you hear the psalmist talking about, it is well with my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I believe God wants us to be refreshed physically, but also restored emotionally. You see, in life, we all face challenges. I like to think of it like this. If you imagine your life as a sort of a tank, and you've got things that in your life right now, maybe circumstantially or maybe just in your own uh, things you're grappling with, things that actually, like they're a hole and they drain your tank emotionally. And there are things that you can do and you can enjoy that fill your tank. If right now I was to ask you a question, where would you, if nought is, I'm hitting rock bottom, or 10 is I'm overflowing with the joy of the Lord 24-7, where would you put yourself? It's good sometimes to think about that. And then what I like to do is I like to think about what is it that drains my tank and where possible I can get those things out of my life. Sometimes, how do you know that there are just things going on in life? We all have things to, to deal with. We live in a fallen world. There are certain responsibilities we have. How many of you know that we can't avoid responsibility and challenges? But there are certain things we can go to the Lord on. How many of you know that fear, worry, insecurity are things that we can go to the Lord and say, Lord, will you come and will you free me from those tank-draining, stress-carrying things? Lord, will you please set me free? Like David, will you come and will you restore my soul? I like to think about how can I get rid of stuff that drains me, but also think about what fills me. Think about what fills me. Do you know, God has placed us in a world with all its imperfections. He's placed us in a world and he's given us creation and things in creation that are supposed to restore us and renew us. How many like music? How many like art? I mean, he's given us sport. He's given us the gift of Man City Football Club. I mean, what a great gift. <laughs> Things that restore us and revive us emotionally. And we're all different in that. If you think about tank-filling things, we're all different. Um, Karen, she likes, this is a tank filler for her. She reaffirmed it this week in conversation. She likes to rummage around junk shops. I tell you, within 30 seconds of me being in one of those places... 
It's like the bottom is coming out of my life. I'm, I'm getting depressed and grumpy. I just have to run out and go to a coffee shop so I just don't go there. You need to pray for her. She needs some help. I'm praying the Lord will deliver her. I'm more spiritual, you see. There are some things that renew me, like literally green pastures and still waters. No, seriously, there's something about God's creation that restores me. I remember that from the, the day I got saved, it was like the Lord opened my eyes to the beauty of creation. Now, if, you know, in, in any season, whatever I'm going through, if I just go out, go out for a walk, look at the sky and the trees, hear the birds... You know, I, I love this season where the bluebells are out. It's like God's own blue carpets. I mean, it's amazing. I find there's something restorative about literally going to still waters and green pastures and all the, the beauty of God's creation. What is it that fills your tank or drains your tank? I mean, you know, watching the Manchester Derby this week, I mean, that was a serious tank drainer. <laughs> what is it that fills your tank or renews your tank? Think about it. God wants you to be restored emotionally. And one of the benefits for me of actually going outdoors, you see, I even do it when I'm working in the offices here in the Kingsgate building, even just walking around the car park. There's still sky and there's still trees, there's still fresh air, sometimes there's sunshine. I find it's just a tank filler. And even for five, ten minutes, I just go outside and then come back in ready for the next meeting. What is it that restores you emotionally? The great thing, of course, about walking outside is it also gives me physical exercise. How many know that when you're healthy physically and you're enjoying exercise, it affects your emotions? Sheep need exercise too. That was a muted response. <laughs> uh, but also something about me going outside, not only uh, restores me emotionally and physically, but because normally when I go outside, I like to pray, there's, there's like an added benefit. And that takes me to the third thing. He not only refreshes me physically and restores me emotionally, I believe in this psalm and in the experience of millions and millions of Christians down the ages is this. Thirdly, the Lord, my shepherd, is someone who renews me spiritually. He renews me spiritually. You see, I believe without this third dimension, we can be on holiday, we can be enjoying things of life, but there can be an inner void and an inner emptiness because God never intended us to do life alone at the heart of life, at the heart of real life, starting now and going on for eternity, is us having a spiritual relationship with God as our shepherd and God as our heavenly father. For those of you around at Easter, we talked about the whole thing of being born again. That's where we start our spiritual journey with God. But how many of you know that being born again is just the start? We get born again and then we have to cultivate our spiritual relationship with the Lord. And God in his magnificence and his generosity has provided for us I believe, if you like, metaphorically, green pastures where we can feed and still waters that we can drink from. What are the green pastures? What is the spiritual food that you and I need if we're to be renewed spiritually? It's the Word of God. In 1 Peter 2, uh, Peter talks about new Christians and how 
Um, they are, and we are, if we're a new Christian, we're to, we're to get the spiritual milk of the word in us. Just like a baby needs milk, so new Christians need the milk of the word. And then the writer of the Hebrews, Hebrews 6, talks about how as we mature, we go from milk to the solid food of the word. Jesus, Matthew 4, 4 says this, man shall not live spiritually by what? Bread alone, but by every, by the word. There's something about the word of God that feeds us and nourishes us. Perhaps my favorite example uh, or favorite scripture on this is Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Jeremiah says this, when your words came, what did he do? He says, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. You see, it's one thing to read the word. It's good to read the word. If you're in a Bible reading plan, keep going with it. But can I encourage you? Don't just read the word, feed on the word. Let let me go back to the analogy of sheep. There's no point a sheep just being in green pastures if the sheep is to be nourished, has to actually take the grass or whatever it's feeding on and get it in, eat it, digest it. You know how sheep and many animals, they kind of chew round, 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 don't they? Let's do that. Round, 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 round. What do they do? They're getting all the goodness. Can I say, while the Bible is there to give an overall revelation of who God in his ways and his purposes. That's why we need to read the whole of scripture. There's another part of the word that I believe we need to really get a hold of if we're going to grow spiritually. And it's more what I call eating rather than feed, uh, so eating and feeding rather than just reading. It's more meditating and memorizing and digesting the word rather than just reading it. So what does that look like practically? Well, if you are in a Bible reading plan right now, don't just read the whole text. Quick thoughts, right? Rush off into your day. Allow the Holy Spirit to direct you to one verse or one phrase or one thought and log it. And then when you do, pause, stop. I like to write that verse down. Because how many know that we're in such a hurry often that we can read the word but we're not really taking it on board, or is it just me? And I'm, I'm, I'm in a season right now where I'm finding less is more. I'm spending more time focusing on a particular passage and journaling on it and drawing pictures about it and memorizing it and pondering it and thinking, how does this word apply to my life? What is God saying to me now? And guess what's happening? I'm feeding on the word and feasting on the word and and going around and around and around around, meditating on it, muttering on the word so it's actually changing my life rather than just informing my mind. And we need both. Amen. So learn to feast on the word. If you're going to be renewed spiritually, can I encourage you Don't see Bible reading as a chore. Think, I'm coming like Jeremiah. I'm going to come when your words come. I'm going to eat them. They're going to be my joy and my heart's delight. And I'm going to have a fresh encounter with God through the word of God, by the spirit of God. That's how the word comes and renews us spiritually. And then, so we've got the food of the word, but we also need to spiritually drink. What's our drink spiritually? What are the still waters that we're to come and drink from? 
It's the Holy Spirit. God feeds us through the word. He refreshes us and we can drink from his presence, the very Holy Spirit. Jesus, I could just, I could use many scriptures. Let me just give you one. John 7, 37 to 39. says, Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty. He's not talking physically. He's talking spiritually. Anyone spiritually thirsty? Anyone ever get spiritually thirsty? Anyone find that even though you're a Christian, you come to a point in your life where you've drunk of the Spirit? Maybe you've been baptized in the Spirit and you've in the past and you've had a big drink. But anyone find that you need to constantly drink? I did. I've trained myself over the years to follow the leading of God, the leading of my shepherd, and drink daily. I mean, how many could live physically without water. I mean, I, I don't make you, I need to drink a lot physically. I find if I go a few hours without taking some water, start feeling a bit kind of blech. Anyone else? But you see, we, we wouldn't really think of not drinking physically, but if we want to be strong and be renewed and be refreshed, I mean, we wouldn't think of just not drinking for three, four days, you, you, you know, potentially you'll die. But I'm saying don't neglect drinking from the presence of God on a regular basis. We come and we have a massive drink when we come together, I trust, on Sundays. And then that's why we come in groups together. You know, we had a great time in our leadership life group looking at some of this kind of stuff and, you know, just sharing where we're at and the sense of the presence of God. There's something about coming together in the family of God or in the flock of God. But also God, the Holy Spirit, wants to teach us how to feed and drink regularly. Feed on the word, drink the Spirit. Jesus said, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, what's going to happen? Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. Many of you know, but for years, I found that one of the best ways to stay spiritually renewed on a daily basis is by praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues. I love just to go walking outside, praying in the Spirit. I have to watch who's round the corner when I'm praying. But invariably, I find there's something so refreshing. It's like I connect with God. It's like whatever's going on in my mind, will something about praying in the Spirit helps me engage with God at a deeper level, hear from God, sense the whisper of his presence. And more recently, probably it's the season I'm in right now, as well as more active praying, there's something about just being still, trying to get really quiet, trying to shut out all the noise, trying to spend long enough into the, in the presence of God, so that what? So that I can hear his voice. Not just read the Bible, feed on the Bible. Not just pray and rush off, spend time long enough so that I can hear my father who is my shepherd speak to me. And guess what? When you hear God's voice, everything changes. I hear little words like, you're my sheep. You're my son. You're my beloved. I'm with you. I'm for you. Not audibly, 
but the still small voice of the Spirit. Can I say, if you are a believer here today in Jesus Christ, if you know the Lord, then you can expect him to speak to you. And as you grow spiritually, you'll become more and more attuned to his voice. Jesus, who is the good shepherd, the Lord, the shepherd incarnate in John 10, makes very clear, he makes this stunning statement. He says, I am, I am the good shepherd. Talks about how he lays his life down for the sheep. And then in verse 27, he says, my sheep, do what? Listen to my voice. I know them, Elsewhere he talks about, I know their name, know them by name, very intimate, and they follow me. Christian life is not about being religious, it's about entering into a loving relationship with a shepherd who knows what you need best, learning to cultivate an atmosphere where you hear his voice, you recognize the sound of his voice like sheep do a shepherd. And when you learn to heed his voice and follow him, you'll be refreshed. You'll be renewed. You'll be restored because he's a good shepherd and he knows what's best. Amen. And the good news is wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, you can know that God is totally committed to you being refreshed, restored, and renewed. One of the favorite images in the early church that the early Christians did, they would paint it on walls, and throughout history we see statues and sculptures of this picture. And they were, they're trying to tell us something through this art, and they're saying, this is the gospel in a picture. It's the picture of a shepherd normally with a very large sheep being carried on the shepherd's shoulders. And what the early Christians grasped, right back from Psalm 23 through to Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All the way through to the parable of the lost sheep where there's a lost sheep out there and a shepherd goes on an all-out search And he gets the lost sheep who's out there helpless and vulnerable and takes the sheep and puts it on his shoulders and takes the sheep home all the way through to John 10 where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. All through scripture, the early Christians grasp that the heart of the gospel is that we are all sheep. There's a weakness And there's a proneness to wander and go wayward. That's just part of the human condition. But I don't know about you, I'm so glad that God didn't leave us as lost sheep out there vulnerable, out there isolated. He came in the person of his son to be the good shepherd. And he went on an all-out search to find you and to find me And the picture of the sheep on the shoulders and the reason the sheep was depicted as being so large, it's a picture of the cross. It's a picture of the fact that it cost Jesus everything. He literally gave his blood to buy you out of your lostness and your slavery. 
And you may notice in one of the pictures, the shepherd is smiling because the shepherd, as he brings the lost sheep back, Luke 15 tells us he comes back, brings the lost sheep back into the fold with great, great joy. Do you know it was a moment of great joy when I said yes to the shepherd and allowed him to bring me home to the Father. It brought great joy to him when you became his, his child, his sheep, safe in his fold. And because of that, you can be utterly assured today that he is committed to your well-being, spirit, soul, and body. He wants to refresh you, renew you, restore you because he paid a high price to make you his own. He loves you. He is with you. He is for you. And if you don't know him or you've wandered away, he wants to bring you home. If you're already home and you're part of the flock, join me on a journey of following his leading and let him constantly refresh you, restore you and renew you. And then together as a whole church family. Let's embrace the shepherd's heart and let's go into all our neighborhoods and networks and let's allow the shepherd to bring a whole bunch of lost sheep home for the glory of his name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are good. You're a good, good shepherd and you want the very best for us. Wherever we gathered here, I pray, Lord, you'll take this message where we need to hear your voice, where we need to make choices and change some things to allow you to refresh us and to restore us and to renew us. Lord, where you need to teach us rhythms of physical rest, where you need to teach us how to deal with negative things that drain our emotional tanks and positive things we can fill our lives with. Where you want to take us deeper in simple spiritual disciplines of feeding on the Word and drinking of the Spirit. We want to do so, Lord, but we do so with great confidence and great trust. You're a good, good shepherd. You love us. We receive your presence now in Jesus' name. Amen.